Hello everyone and welcome in to the Fan Cave. I'm your host, Nathan Murphy, aka Mountaineer Murph. If this is your first time joining us in the cave, welcome. And if you've been here with us before, welcome back. We've got three new topics this week, so let's get going and let's talk some sports. Alright, hello again everybody and welcome back inside the Fan Cave. So this week's episode is being released on Wednesday, September 9th, which means Thursday, September 10th, we have the premiere of NFL football for the 2020 season. We have on Friday another anniversary for the historic event here, 9-11, and Saturday, September 12th, we have the uh, start of West Virginia football. And those are the three things I'm going to talk about this week in this episode. Uh, The NFL kicking off again on the 10th uh, with the Chiefs and the Texans. So I'll get into that a little bit. And of course, I'll touch on uh, my favorite New England Patriots team. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, sports and and the healing sports had for 9-11. And not just 9-11, but... uh, any kind of, of event where we see sports bring us back to some, some normalcy. Uh, and we will preview the season opener for the West Virginia Mountaineers. All right, so let's get to it, guys. So we're going to start this week in the NFL uh, since it is first up on the, the weekly uh, list here. Uh, we open up with the Chiefs and Texans and well, this game personally, not overly exciting to me. It will be fun to see what the defending Super Bowl champions uh, roll out with to start the season. Uh, you know, the Texans are a good team. They always uh, always play up to their opponents. And, you know, with Watts, uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback, the Texans always have a fighting chance. You know, Mobile uh, throws the ball well. But this year he's going to be without, uh, you know, one of his – his better targets from a year ago um, in in Hopkins. So we'll see how the Texans' offense adjusts with that. Uh, Coach Bill O'Brien should do a pretty good job. You know, he should have his guys prepared. It is a Thursday night opener, only game in town. Uh, so everybody will be watching. All eyes will be on on them to see how they, they handle the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, you know, and everybody knows about the Chiefs. Everybody uh, knows uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and that group that he's got and how they can put up points in a hurry. Um, you know, this is kind of a revenge game for the Texans who, who had the Chiefs beat in the playoffs last year and gave up uh, a 24-point lead and wound up losing that game. Um just the first of three comebacks that the Chiefs had in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so I think we know what we're getting with this game. I think this game will be will be kind of high scoring. It should be a shootout. It should be fun to watch. Uh, but I think with all the NFL games this weekend, uh, you know, we're going to get the same kind of stuff. We're going to get that unpredictability. Um, you're generally coming into week one, you've got starters who, who haven't taken a ton of snaps. Um, you know, the third and fourth preseason game, they start to kind of get into their groove. They start to get to play a little bit more in those preseason games. But we didn't have preseason this year. Uh, you know, the difference 
um, in scheduling because of the COVID-19 uh, criteria that have been set for these teams. Uh, their training camps have been different. Uh, they, they got together later. Um, you know, obviously they cut out preseason, but there were no um, co-practices with other teams, no scrimmages with other teams, no preseason games for, for that game speed kind of reps that you would like to have going into the season. Now, that was the, the one advantage to the preseason is that you were able to get game speed reps. You know, and it's always always different than practice reps. Practice reps, no matter how hard you're going, it's, it doesn't seem like it's game speed. You don't, you don't get that same intensity. Uh, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not hitting the quarterback. You're, so you're not getting that same effect uh, out of those, those practices, even at full speed. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, especially a, a Thursday night game, uh, you know, prime time, all eyes on those two teams. What will we get from them? You know, I would expect to see a lot of points scored. Uh, both offenses um, have big play capability, and and with the defenses probably not getting as much, many live reps as they would like to, you're probably going to see a lot of missed tackles and a lot of big plays that that normally wouldn't happen, wouldn't be big plays. Uh, long runs probably get busted off that that would typically be two or three yard gains, uh, but a, a missed tackle in the hole and, you know, a safety juked out later and we've got an 80-yard touchdown run. So it should be interesting. If you like high-scoring games, this will probably be one of the more fun weekends uh, for the NFL. Uh, once defenses start settling in, uh, you'll see you'll see those teams with the great defenses uh, really start stepping up. Um, I guess it could be a you know on the other side of the coin kind of deal. Uh, you'll see a lot of games where offenses are supposed to rule and and defenses really step up and play over their heads and and keep games very low scoring. So I while I expect that you'll get all those big plays and high scoring. Uh, it could be the complete opposite. We could see offenses out of sync because they didn't get those reps uh, at full speed. The, the passing game could be a little bit off. So I would expect we'll see some big plays running the football. Um, you'll probably see some big plays later in the game from the passing uh, passing game when, when both quarterbacks start to settle down, start to get their timing, uh, and, and start to get their feet wet uh, for this season. Now, these are experienced quarterbacks. It's not like we're throwing out two rookies um, who will be getting their first game experience. So it, it may not take them as long. Uh, but, you know, if you got any new receivers in that core, you've got to find your timing with these guys. And that could take a little bit of time throughout the course of the game or, you know, first couple weeks of the season. So we'll see on the 10th uh, just how that goes for those two teams. Uh, so now let's, I'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, you know, my New England Patriots play on Sunday. Uh, and that, that game against the Miami Dolphins will be the first game in quite some time uh, that Tom Brady has not been behind center for the New England Patriots. And you know, I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago um, in my uh, year one uh, AB episode. Um, 
And, and at that point, it was looking like Jared Stidham was going to be the starting quarterback. I predicted an 8-8 eight eight season with Jared Stidham. I foolishly said that Cam Newton would not become a New England Patriot. And here we are, a few days away from opening day for the Patriots. Cam Newton not only became a New England Patriot, he became the starting quarterback. To no one's surprise, once he signed, you know, you don't sign a former MVP uh, to put him behind the bench for somebody who has never taken an or has never started an NFL game. He has taken NFL snaps, but has no starting experience. So Cam Newton's going to come in and take over. And I know there's a lot of people, uh, some writers out there that they think he's going to step in and he's going to take this offense to a place that hasn't had a chance to go with Tom Brady. And I know Cam is mobile and he's, he's a different style quarterback. And, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator has already come out and said, you know, we can do some different things with Cam. He's not like anybody I've ever coached. But does that make the New England Patriots a better team than it did this offseason? I don't know. I'm, I'm not really buying it. Uh, he sat out almost all year last year. He was injured. Uh, yeah, he was an MVP. He did lead the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Um, but he was dominated in that game and has not been the same since. Um, I'm not buying the fact that Cam Newton makes this offense that much better and makes this team that much better. I predicted back then 8-8. Uh, and eight. I still think 8-8 eight and eight is a good record for this New England Patriots team. Uh, add Cam Newton, maybe he's good for one more game than I had Jared Stidham. Um, and I really hope they make me eat my words on this because I, I certainly want to see them back in the playoffs. I certainly want to see them make another run at the Super Bowl. But I don't see even with Cam Newton behind center better than nine and seven. Uh, that being said, the Dolphins at home, you know Fitzpatrick is the starter. They don't have Tua um, scheduled to start. I I don't even know if he's he's ready to play yet. So. It is that, that typical division foe that we have seen. Uh, we've seen Fitzpatrick. Now, Fitzpatrick has done a great job against us in the past. Uh, beat us at the end of the year last year. Um, that game in Miami, however, this game early in the season at home. Uh, I don't know what the fan situation is going to be like uh, with the NFL. I don't think they're allowing fans in most stadiums, if not all stadiums. So that home field advantage kind of goes away without the crowd. But I still like the Patriots in this game. It's an early season game. Um, again, I think same rules apply as the uh, the Thursday night opener with with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Big plays, probably on the ground. Uh, you'll see the passing game start to click probably later in the in the game, third and fourth quarter, when these quarterbacks start to get comfortable uh, with their receivers. Uh, it may take Cam longer. You know, Cam has not been in New England. Uh, he doesn't have that timing and that chemistry with his group of receivers. I think New England will pull this one out, but it's going to be a tight game. Uh, you know, with the potential for some really explosive plays. Uh, hopefully, we can get the running game going. That's what New England is going to need this year. Uh, maybe Cam gets it going with his legs and makes some big plays. I like this one in favor of New England, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say 31-28 uh, 
It's going to be a late game field goal, maybe an even an overtime field goal. It's going to win this one for New England. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit of West Virginia football. Thanks for stopping back by the fan cave with me. Uh, we just went over uh, the NFL opening weekend, uh, and now I'd like to jump into my favorite four hours of Saturday, West Virginia football. The 12th is our first game of the year. It's at home against Eastern Kentucky. Now, that's that's not an exciting game. Uh, that's not a game that you circle your calendar for. But with the way that, that this spring and summer um, has, has kind of gone, knowing that we have college football, some college football, is exciting. Now, there's been some games. This is not the first weekend, obviously, for, for the entire college football landscape. Um, we've had some smaller schools. Uh, FBS has been playing. Uh, Navy and BYU was just the other night. Uh, so we have had some games uh, out there. But as a West Virginia alum and, and a huge Mountaineer fan, uh, this being the first game, it's the first game that I've had to look forward to um, since the TCU game right after Thanksgiving in 2019. So it's been a long time coming. I uh, haven't had any football to, to enjoy really since then. Um, so Mountaineer Field, and, it's, and again, it's going to be different. There's no home field advantage. Um, there's, there's not 60,000 screaming Mountaineer fans dressed in blue and gold waiting to, to bring on the Mountaineers. Um, you know, I don't even know if there's going to be a Mountaineer with a musket there. I, you know, I don't know what the, the status of that is. Um, I haven't actually checked into that. I should have. Um, it would be nice to know if our mascot is going to be there. Um, it's always you know, one of those special moments at Mountaineer Field uh, to hear the musket go off and the team come out of the, the tunnel um, and to hear the musket uh, when the, you know, scores. And and it's just that one of those traditions at West Virginia that, you know, as, a, as an alum and someone who's been to a lot of games, you just enjoy that sound and you know it's coming and it still catches you off guard sometimes. And it's just one of those fun college football kind of experiences. So as we look into this game a little bit, it's one of those games that, Obviously, the the bigger team should win. You know that that uh, power five team should win easily. But I don't know if we're there. You know, I don't know if this West Virginia team is is at that level where they're going to roll it out and just go to town on a team that they should. Uh, Eastern Kentucky just played Marshall um, last Saturday. Marshall had a field day with them. Um, you know, that was that was a big game for Marshall. They actually had their first in-state starting quarterback for the first time in many years. And, uh, you know, they, they basically did what they wanted. Um, it was 59 to nothing, uh, that final score in, in Huntington. And uh, Grant Wells, an in-state kid, throws for 307 yards against... Just a, an overmatched defense. Um, 
And you would like to think, as a West Virginia fan, if Marshall can go out, put up 59 points, I mean, they put up 20, 21 in the first quarter, uh, 17 more at halftime, and, and they just ran away with it. Um, you know, it was 38 nothing at halftime. You, you just you want to believe that we can do that. And, you know, we want to, you want to believe that as, as a team that thinks that you're always better than Marshall, uh, that we can go out and do the same thing, if not, not more. So Eastern Kentucky, you know, is going to come in overmatched, but, um, West Virginia is unproved. Uh, Jared Deggie has been named the starter and, that's uh, you know that's big. He started three games last year. Went two and one in those three games. The only loss was a home game against Oklahoma State in a game that we kind of let slip away. So we we should have won that game as well. He could have gone three and zero as a starter. Um, but as I went back and watched the TCU game from last year, uh, you know I. Of course, I had already known the results, and, and I knew we were going to win that game, and I knew Deggy was a big part of, of why we won those last three games, or two of those last three games. As I watched the game, he didn't have an incredible game. Uh, he made one big throw uh, late, um, and, and it was a great throw. It was put in the most, uh, you know, in the only spot it could have been to be completed. It was a good, you know, a really good catch along the sideline uh, for the touchdown. And, and it won that game. But the defense won that game, or kept us in that game, and gave us a chance to win that game while the offense kind of struggled. Now, the weather was bad. Um, you know, it was the last game of the year. Uh, we weren't playing for anything, really, um, but pride. And, and so I don't know if some of that may have played into how that game went down. But... If Deggy is going to be the man for the year and he's going to have to come out and make plays and he's going to have to come out and and really lead this team and do exactly what we're supposed to do in games like this. Um, you know, this is Neil Brown's second year in the second year in Troy. Um, he made it you know, that team made a huge leap. Uh, and we would like to see the Mountaineers make that same kind of leap. Um, you know, but we've, and we've got some offensive talent to do it. You know, we've, we've got some receivers that, that can make plays. We've got a quarterback who, who we've seen flashes of brilliance from. Um, and when he transferred in from Bowling Green, you know, everybody was, was hyped up on this kid. So let's, let's see what he can do. Um, it, again, it's one of those things. It's hard to tell just how the season's going to go. And, and this, this will tell us a lot and depending on, on how well we perform. And again, the timing has to be there. Uh, the defense has to make, make plays. We have to tackle well. Uh, and for the first time in, in a while, I, I think I can, I can say that I, I'm more confident with the defense out on the field than I am with the offense out on the field. Uh, the defense in the past had kind of been uh, shaky, um, you know, and, and 
you kind of expect to give up a ton of points. When we play in the Big 12, we're going to give up a ton of points once we hit those uh, those nine games against the conference opponents, you know, right after the, the Eastern Kentucky game. Um, so you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, so hopefully with this Eastern Kentucky game, we get the offense rolling, we get them on point, uh, we get them timed up the way we need to so we can go into games against teams like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, K-State, you know, those guys that we know are going to put up a lot of points. Um, you know, and we've got a defense that I think can make enough plays to keep us in games uh, to give us a shot. You know, Baylor last year was putting points up on everybody, and we go into Waco and only give up 17 points and lose by a field goal. You know, with the Stills brothers up front, uh, we got some talent on the back end. We've got a defense that can shut down teams at least long enough to give the offense a chance to, to play, uh, make plays, and, and win games. Uh, we didn't do that against Oklahoma last year. The first half against Texas Tech was terrible. Um, but you can see flashes of, of you know great things. And, and even those two uh, instances, we had some time where we stuck with Oklahoma for a little while, and, and then the talent level just took over. Um, you know, Texas Tech, the second half of that Texas Tech game, we actually played really well. We put some drives together. The offense looked good. The defense uh, did what it was supposed to do, made plays, got stops, and it was far too late, but they showed that brilliance. So this weekend, we've got to, you know, we got to put an entire four quarters together against a team that we should put an entire four quarters together against and get ready to, to go. And I, I don't like to say things like this, but it is um, it is almost a scrimmage-type situation, um, you know, because we have Eastern Kentucky at home, and we have then a bye week, and we have Oklahoma State on the road on the 26th. So you use Eastern Kentucky as, a, as almost a tune-up, you know, get your... Get your season started off right. Get things together. Get that film to where you've got something laid down so you can study and, and know what you need to work on. And then go after Oklahoma State in your first conference game on the 26th. Um, so it's going to be tough uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. And assume, But assuming everything runs smoothly, you know, West Virginia should roll this weekend over Eastern Kentucky. I'm not going to put a, a score on this one. Um, you know, it's one of those games that you, you would like to think that, you know, you got a 42-49 to nothing kind of shutout. But it's one of those games that West Virginia has kind of let lesser opponents hang around in the past. Could be one of those games where you see a, a, a 21-14, a, a 21-10, 21-7 kind of game. Um where you win, but you don't look as good as you should. Um, I'm really hoping that this weekend is one of those games where you win and you look exactly like you should doing it. Um, this is not an opponent coming in that should give us a lot of trouble. We should be able to throw the football. Um, we should be able to run the football, and that's something we need to do a lot better this year. So game one, here's your chance offensive line. It's an opponent you should be able to push around. Let's go out there and do it. Let's put up a 100-yard rusher. Uh, you know, let's throw the ball over the place. Let's keep the quarterback standing up. 
And really, if anything, this game needs to be a confidence booster for the offense and the offensive line especially. Um, if they play to their potential and they do what they're supposed to do, this team can be good. This offense can be good. If they don't block, you know, if they don't create holes and space for the running game, like last year, it's going to cause problems for our passing game. So let's go Mountaineers. Let's strap it up on Saturday and let's go get us a big win. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our final topic. All right, thanks for coming back. Uh, it's time to get to our third and final topic of the week. Uh, as I mentioned in the open, uh, Friday is September 11th, and I still remember to this day uh, where I was when I heard the news of the Twin Towers. Um, you know, obviously, it's one of those moments in in history um, that if you you were around and you you remember where you are, it's. It's my generation's um, Pearl Harbor or, um, you know, JFK. So it's one of those things that you always remember. Uh, and so when I'm bringing that up to, uh, today or for this week's episode is the, the first sporting event after 9-11 um, was in New York. Mets, Yankees. Uh, President Bush threw out the first pitch, uh, and and it was a sign that that we were back, um, and and not not over what had happened, not uh, you know not mourning still, not 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 remembering still, but we were back to to ourselves again, being ourselves again. Um, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talk about sports in, in these kind of senses uh, negatively. Uh, right now we're dealing with the COVID virus and, and people have wondered why we're so quick to, to push back into to sports and why people want to go back into uh, arenas and, and uh, stadiums and, and risk these things and why these players are risking uh, you know potential disease right now um, you know obviously then there wasn't as big of a, a risk for the players um, there were some talks about uh, you know potential attacks on these on these large buildings or uh, stadiums filled with thousands of people as potential targets um, but I think we felt less that that was going to happen. That was not as likely as um, if we would do this now uh, in, in these situations now where we could potentially uh, contract uh, COVID-19. So, so people speak negatively about, well, why do we want to do this? Why would we put ourselves at risk? And, and I, to me personally, the answer is simple normalcy it's it's not that we think sports is this omnipotent thing this all-powerful most important thing in the world but for those of us who who love sports uh you know for those of us who during the fall get up on saturday and at 9 a.m turn on college game day and can watch it for 
three hours until kickoff starts and not care. You know, not care about it, you know, that we just wasted three hours of our time watching TV, right? And we're going to waste more time watching, watching football when, you know, when the games finally kick off. You know, for, for those of us who think like that and can do that, for those of us that sit down and watch a baseball game, for those of us who, who run home in the evening and, and turn on a hockey game because your favorite team is playing, it's not because we find these things more important than anything else around. But in times like these, that to us is normal. It is normalcy, is what we want to get back to. And I think sports provides, provides that for those few hours that we get to sit down and watch it. You know, whether you're there or you're watching on TV, uh, you know, right now maybe you're one of those digital members in the, in the crowd at some of these places that are doing uh, the digital uh or you've submitted a picture and you're now a cardboard cutout at some major league stadium. You know, it is it is being as normal as possible in a time where nothing is normal. Right? 9-11 happened and it was the most unthinkable, the most terrible, the most terrifying thing I think that's ever happened, at least in my lifetime, in, in this country. I, and, and again, like I said, it is my generation's attack on Pearl Harbor. You know, it is, you know, it was a, it was an unthinkable thing that, you know, it just couldn't have happened here. It couldn't have happened to us, and it couldn't have been as devastating as it was. And then, you know, everything was kind of shut down. Uh, well, remember, sports, sports took a hiatus that weekend uh, and, or that week or two weeks, and I can't remember the exact amount of time, you know, but, and, and as it should, you know, and I'm not saying it, it shouldn't. You know, I'm not saying that we should have continued immediately as normal. But things were not normal after 9-11 for a while, right? We, you know, and, and we've all heard stories of, of, you know, police officers and firemen and, and, you know, regular people, civilians, you know, losing their lives or doing brave things. So things were not normal at that point in time. And what, what happened with that... Mets Yankees game in New York it brought everybody to one spot whether you were in New York or whether you were in California or anywhere in between it brought people to one spot and it provided for however long of a period of time that that baseball game lasted provided us with normalcy and that's what we're looking for now with the NBA coming back, the NHL coming back, tennis, golf, football finally coming back now. Uh, you know, the college ranks is a lot smaller, but the NFL starting up this week, you know, they want to do the whole, uh, you know, the whole season like normal. 
And that is what we are are missing in times like this. And that's what sports provides in times like this. I've always said uh, that the sports, you know, imitates life. And you can learn life lessons through a game. But in times like these, it is a game. And it is something that we can we can stare at for however long and and for those few hours or whatever it is life is normal again now when they pan into the stands and there's nobody there you know obviously you you can come back to reality and, and know that no it is not normal you realize that yeah there's something off here. It's not normal. But for that little bit of time, when the cameras are zoomed in on the field or on the court, there's nothing, you know, you're not paying attention to the empty stands. You know, even if it's generated crowd noise, you can hear crowd noise. Right? You can hear, you know, you just, you can immerse yourself in the game. Right now, you can hear things that you, you weren't able to hear before. You can hear referees and players interacting. You can hear players and players interacting. You know, the the sound of a player hitting the boards in hockey. Uh, you know, the squeaks of the sneakers is, is that much more amplified, you know, without the crowd noise or without anything else going on. It really immerses you in what's going on, and it is... You know, to me, it is a wonderful feeling to be able to sit there and and the world be normal for a few hours. When I'm sitting in my living room watching TV or watching, watching sports, watching football, everything is normal. Right? I, I came home from work. You know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I've been working through this whole thing. Um, but I come home from work. Right, but I, I get to finally take my mask off. I get to sit down. I get to eat dinner with my family, and I get to watch sports. and And in those those moments where I'm at home, things are normal. And sports helps create that that vision of normalcy. And in my opinion, that is why sports in times like these, in times like nine eleven, were and always will be very important. It brings people back together, back to what they feel comfortable with in an uncomfortable world or uncomfortable situation, when even if it's just for a few hours. And and I love sports for that. And so people can can bash it if they want to and, and wonder why, you know, wonder why they would go out and put themselves at risk. Or why would people say that they would want to go to games to put themselves at risk? Well, in my opinion, that's why. It's because that's what we love. And we want to be involved in what we love. And we want to see what we love. And and sports, for me, is one of those things that I will, I will never let it go. And there's a lot of talk about... Oh, athletes should do this and that and stop being political or, or we should not watch this or that because of what... To me, none of that matters. When you put them on the court, you put them on the field, right? you put them on the ice, 
it's sports and and that's what it is for me it, it's it's an escape and it's it's a chance for things for the outside world to not be so bad <laughs> you know and if you know if it's just for three and a half four hours then that's what I want I want it to be not so bad for three and a half four hours I don't want to think about COVID-19 you know at that point in time you didn't want to think about uh, what had just happened uh, you know at the Twin Towers uh, at the Pentagon in that small town in, in Pennsylvania where the the fourth plane went down you know those are things that you didn't forget that they happened you didn't not remember when everything was over with that all those terrible things happened and that the world is is now going on with uh, you know with this change but for that that little bit of time where you're immersed in sports you you didn't have to remember because you could sink yourself into something that was that was normal and something that you loved you now I get it if you're not directly involved in 9/11 you weren't you know you weren't a family member or a friend of of anybody directly affected it a, a firefighter um, you know someone in the building now I'm not insensitive I, I'm you know I'm sure that sports coming back that game in New York may not have meant anything to those people uh, you know but again it started that showed the rest of the world that guys you know we're still standing this is still the United States you know we're still gonna do we're still gonna do our thing we're still gonna move forward we're gonna be strong and and again this is a, a personal opinion uh, thing but getting sports moving again in that situation in this situation and you know when when things aren't normal sports can help draw you back at least for a small period of time into that and that's why I love sports that's why I will continue to love sports and you know so <laughs> Alright, I, I don't even know how to finish this little rant. Um, so we're going to take one last quick break, and I'll be back to close the show. Alright guys, thanks for sticking through the last break with me. Um, just a quick wrap up. Uh, if you want to get at me and give me an opinion on one of the topics uh, from tonight's show... Uh, send me a quick email, mountaineermurf23 at gmail.com. Uh, that's mountaineermurf23, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, I will post a link in my Facebook page, uh, Nate Murphy. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, uh, I'll have a link out there. You guys can send me a voice recording. I'll get your opinions out there on air. Um, and... Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for topics uh, in the near future, I'd like to hear them. Uh, your opinions on anything we went over tonight. And uh, next week, 
we will talk a little bit about Saturday's football game against Eastern Kentucky. Uh, there will be no preview uh, for WVU. Uh, so we'll see what else we can find for next week. But I will be back next Wednesday uh, with three new topics. And I can't wait to have you guys back in the fan cave. Thanks for joining me.